On the Pallium by Tertullian. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Men of Carthage, ever princes of Africa, ennobled by ancient memories, blessed with modern felicities, I rejoice that times are so prosperous with you that you have leisure to spend and pleasure to find in criticizing dress. These are the piping times of peace and plenty. Blessings rain from the empire and from the sky. Still, you too of old time wore your garments, your tunics, of another shape, and indeed they were in repute for the skill of the weft, and the harmony of the hue, and the due proportion of the size, in that they were neither prodigally long across the shins, nor immodestly scanty between the knees, nor niggardly to the arms, nor tight to the hands, but without being shadowed by even a girdle arranged to divide the folds, they stood on men's backs with quadrate symmetry. The garment of the mantle extrinsically, itself too quadrangular, thrown back on either shoulder and meeting closely round the neck in the gripe of the buckle, used to repose on the shoulders. Its counterpart is now the priestly dress, sacred to Esculapius, whom you now call your own. So, too, in your immediate vicinity, the sister-state used to clothe her citizens, and wherever else in Africa, Tyre has settled. But when the urn of worldly lots varied, and God favoured the Romans, the sister-state, indeed of her own choice, hastened to effect a change, in order that when Scipio put in at her ports, she might already beforehand have greeted him in the way of dress, precocious in her Romanizing. To you, however, after the benefit in which your injury resulted, as exempting you from the infirmity of age, not disposing you from your height of eminence, after Gracchus and his foul omens, after Lepidus and his rough jests, after Pompeius and his triple altars, and Caesar and his long delays, when Statilius Taurus, reared your ramparts, and Sentius Saturninus pronounced the solemn form of your inauguration, while Concord lends her aid, the gown is offered. Well, what a circuit it has taken, from Pelasgians to Lydians, from Lydians to Romans, in order that from the shoulders of the sublimer people it should descend to embrace Carthaginians. Henceforth, finding your tunic too long, you suspend it on a dividing cincture, and the redundancy of your now smooth toga you support by gathering it together fold upon fold, and with whatever other garment, social condition, or dignity, or season clothes you, the mantle, at any rate, which used to be worn by all ranks and conditions among you, you not only are unmindful of, but even deride. For my own part I wonder not thereat, in the face of a more ancient evidence of your forgetfulness. For the ram withal, not that which Liberius calls black-twisted horned wool-skinned stones dragging, but a beam-like engine it is, which does military service in battering walls, never before poised by any the redoubted Carthage, keenest in pursuits of war, is said to have been the first of all to have equipped for the oscillatory work of pendulous impetus, modelling the power of her engine after the choleric fury of the head-avenging beast. When, however, their country's fortunes are at the last gasp, and the ram, 
now turned roman is doing his deeds of daring against the ramparts which erst were his own forthwith the carthaginians stood dumbfounded as at a novel and strange ingenuity so much doth time's long age avail to change thus in short it is that the mantle too is not recognized draw we now our material from some other source lest punic could either blush or else grieve in the midst of romans to change her habit is at all events the stated function of entire nature the very world itself this which we inhabit meantime discharges it see to it anaximander if he thinks there are more worlds see to it whoever else thinks there exists another anywhere at the region of the meropes as silenus prates in the ears of midas apt as those ears are it must be admitted for even huger fables nay even if plato thinks there exists one of which this of ours is the image that likewise must necessarily have similarity to undergo mutation inasmuch as if it is a world it will consist of diverse substances and offices answerable to the form of that which is here the world for world it will not be if it be not just as the world is things which in diversity tend to unity are diverse by demutation in short it is their vicissitudes which federate the discourse of their diversity thus it will be by mutation that every world will exist whose corporate structure is the result of diversities and whose attemperation is the result of vicissitudes at all events this hostelry of ours is versiform a fact which is patent to eyes that are closed or utterly homeric day and night revolve in turn the sun varies by annual stations the moon by monthly phases the stars distinct in their confusion sometimes drop sometimes resuscitate somewhat the circuit of the heaven is now resplendent with serenity now dismal with cloud or else rain showers come rushing down and whatever missiles mingle with them thereafter follows a slight sprinkling and then again brilliance so too the sea has an ill repute for honesty while at one time the breezes equably sway it tranquillity gives it the semblance of probity calm gives it the semblance of even temper and then all of a sudden it heaves restlessly with mountain waves thus too if you survey the earth loving to clothe herself seasonably you would nearly be ready to deny her identity when remembering her green you behold her yellow and will ere long see her hoary too of the rest of her adornment also what is there which is not subject to interchanging mutation the higher ridges of her mountains by decursion the veins of her fountains by disappearance and the pathways of her streams by alluvial formation there was a time when her whole orb withal underwent mutation overrun by all waters to this day marine conchers and triton's horns sojourn as foreigners on the mountains eager to prove to plato that even the heights have undulated but withal by ebbing out her orb again underwent a formal mutation another but the same even now her shape undergoes local mutations when some particular spot is damaged when among her islands delos is now no more samos a heap of sand and the sibyl is thus proved no liar when in the atlantic the isle that was equal in size to libya or asia is sought in vain when formerly a side of italy severed to the centre by the shivering shock of the adriatic and the tyrrhenian seas leaves sicily as its relics when that total swoop of decision 
whirling backwards the contentious encounters of the mains invested the sea with a novel vice the vice not of spewing out wrecks but of devouring them the continent as well suffers from heavenly or else from inherent forces glance at palestine where jordan's river is the arbiter of boundaries behold a vast waste and a bereaved region and bootless land and once there were there cities and flourishing peoples and the soil yielded its fruits afterwards since god is a judge impiety earned showers of fire sodom's day is over and gomorrah is no more and all is ashes and the neighbour sea no less than the soil experiences a living death such a cloud overcast etruria burning down her ancient Volsini, to teach campania all the more by the eruption of her pompeii to look expectantly upon her own mountains but far be the repetition of such catastrophes would that asia withal were by this time without cause for anxiety about the soil's veracity would too that africa had once for all quailed before the devouring chasm expiated by the treacherous absorption of one single camp many other such detriments besides have made innovations upon the fashion of our orb and moved particular spots in it very great also has been the license of wars but it is no less irksome to recount sad details than to recount the vicissitudes of kingdoms and to show how frequent have been their mutations from ninus the progeny of belus onwards if indeed ninus was the first to have a kingdom as the ancient profane authorities assert beyond this time the pen is not wont to travel in general among you heathens from the assyrians it may be the histories of recorded time begin to open we however who are habitual readers of divine histories are masters of the subject from the nativity of the universe itself but i prefer at the present time joyous details inasmuch as things joyous withal are subject to mutation in short whatever the sea has washed away the heaven burned down the earth undermined the sword shorn down reappears at some other time by the turn of compensation for in primitive days not only was the earth for the greater part of her circuit empty and uninhabited but if any particular race had seized upon any part it existed for itself alone and so understanding at last that all things worship themselves the earth consulted to weed and scrape her copiousness of inhabitants in one place densely packed in another abandoning their posts in order that thence as it were from grafts and settings peoples from peoples cities from cities might be planted throughout every region of her orb transmigrations were made by the swarms of redundant races the exuberance of the scythians fertilizes the persians the phoenicians gush out into africa the phrygians give birth to the romans the seed of the chaldeans is led out into egypt subsequently when transferred thence it becomes the jewish race so too the posterity of hercules in likewise proceed to occupy the peloponnesus for the behoof of terminus so again the ionian comrades of neolus furnish asia with new cities so again the corinthians with archias fortify syracuse but antiquity is by this time a vain thing to refer to when our own careers are before our eyes how large a portion of our orb has the present age reformed how many cities has the triple power of our existing empire either produced or else augmented or else restored while god favours so many augusti unitedly 
how many populations have been transferred to other localities how many peoples reduced how many orders restored to their ancient splendour how many barbarians baffled in truth our orb is the admirably cultivated estate of this empire every acconet of hostility eradicated and the cactus and bramble of clandestinely crafty familiarity wholly uptorn and the orb itself delights them beyond the orchard of alconius and the rosary of midas praising therefore our orb in its mutations why do you point the finger of scorn at a man beasts too instead of a garment change their form and yet the peacock withal has plumage for a garment and a garment indeed of the choicest nay in the bloom of his neck richer than any purple and in the effulgence of his back more gilded than any edging and in the sweep of his tail more flowing than any train many-coloured diverse-coloured and versi-coloured never itself even another albeit ever itself when other in a word mutable as oft as movable the serpent too deserves to be mentioned albeit not in the same breath as the peacock for he too wholly changes what has been allotted to him his hide and his age if it is true as it is that when he has felt the creeping of old age throughout him he squeezes himself into confinement crawls into a cave and out of his skin simultaneously and clean shorn on the spot immediately on crossing the threshold leaves his slough behind him then and there and uncoils himself in a new youth with his scales his years too are repudiated the hyena if you observe is of an annual sex alternately masculine and feminine i say nothing of the stag because himself with all the witness of his own age feeding on the serpent languishes from the effect of the poison into youth there is withal a tardigrade field-haunting quadruped humble and rough the tortoise of pacuvius you think no there is another beastling which the versicle fits in size one of the moderate exceedingly but a grand name if without previously knowing him you hear tell of a chameleon you will at once apprehend something yet more huge united with a lion but when you stumble upon him generally in a vineyard his whole bulk sheltered beneath a vine-leaf you will forthwith laugh at the egregious audacity of the name inasmuch as there is no moisture even in his body though in far more minute creatures the body is liquefied the chameleon is a living pellicle his head can begin straight from his spine for neck he has none and thus reflection is hard for him but in circumspection his eyes are out darting nay they are revolving points of light dull and weary he scarce raises from the ground but drags his footstep amazedly and moves forward he rather demonstrates than takes a step ever fasting to boot yet never fainting agape he feeds heaving bellows like he ruminates his food wind yet withal the chameleon is able to effect a total self-mutation and that is all for whereas his colour is properly one yet whenever anything has approached him then he blushes to the chameleon alone has been granted as our common saying has it to sport with his own hide much had to be said in order that after due preparation we might arrive at man from whatever beginning you admit him as springing naked at all events and ungarmented he came from his fashioner's hand afterwards at length without waiting for permission to possess himself by a premature grasp of wisdom then and there hastening to forecover what in his newly made body it was not yet due to modesty to forecover he surrounds himself meantime with fig-leaves 
subsequently on being driven from the confines of his birthplace because he had sinned he went skin-clad to the world as to a mine but these are secrets nor does their knowledge appertain to all come let us hear from your own store a store which the egyptians narrate and alexander digests and his mother reads touching the time of osiris when ammon rich in sheep comes to him out of libya in short they tell us that mercury when among them delighted with the softness of a ram which had perchance to stroke flayed a little ewe and while he persistently tries and as the pliancy of the material invited him thins out the thread by assiduous traction wove it into the shape of the pristine net which you have joined with strips of linen but you have preferred to assign all the management of woolwork and structure of the loom to minerva whereas a more diligent workshop was presided over by arachne thenceforth material was abundant nor do i speak of the sheep of miletus and selge and altinum or of those for which tarentum and baetica is famous with nature for their dyer but i speak of the fact that shrubs afford you clothing and the grassy parts of flax losing their greenness turn white by washing nor was it enough to plant and sew your tunic unless it had likewise fallen to your lot to fish for raiment for the sea withal yields fleeces inasmuch as the more brilliant shells of a mossy wooliness furnish a hairy stuff further it is no secret that the silkworm a species of wormling it is presently reproduces safe and sound the fleecy threads which by drawing them through the air she distends more skilfully than the dial-like webs of spiders and then devours in like manner if you kill it the threads which you coil are forthwith instinct with vivid colour the ingenuities therefore of the tailoring art superadded to and following up so abundant a store of materials first with a view to covering humanity where necessity led the way and subsequently with a view to adorning withal ay and inflating it where ambition followed in the wake have promulgated the various forms of garments of which forms part are worn by particular nations without being common to the rest part on the other hand universally as being useful to all as for instance this mantle albeit it is more greek than latin has yet by this time found in speech a home in latinum with the word the garment entered and accordingly the very man who used to sentence greeks to extrusion from the city but learned when he was now advanced in years their alphabet and speech the self-same cato by bearing his shoulder at the time of his praetorship showed no less favour to the greeks by his mantle-like garb why now if the roman fashion is social salvation to every one are you nevertheless greek to a degree even in points not honourable or else if it is not so whence in the world is it that provinces which have had a better training provinces which nature adapted rather for surmounting by hard struggling the difficulties of the soil derive the pursuits of the wrestling ground pursuits which fall into a sad old age and labour in vain and the unction with mud and the rolling in sand and the dry dietary whence comes it that some of our numidians with their long locks made longer by horse-tail plumes learn to bid the barber shave their skin close and to exempt their crown alone from the knife whence comes it that men shaggy and hirsute learn to teach the resin to feed on their arms with such rapacity the tweezers to weed their chin so thievishly a prodigy is it that all this should be done without the mantle to the mantle appertains this whole asiatic practice what hast thou libya and thou europe 
to do with athletic refinements which thou knowest not how to dress for in sooth what kind of thing is it to practise greekish depilation more than greekish attire the transfer of dress approximates to culpability just in so far as it is not custom but nature which suffers the change there is a wide enough difference between the honour due to time and religion let custom show fidelity to time nature to god to nature accordingly the larissian hero gave a shock by turning into a virgin he who had been reared on the marrows of wild beasts whence too was derived the composition of his name because he had been a stranger with his lips to the maternal breast he who had been reared by a rocky and wood-haunting and monstrous trainer in a stony school you would bear patiently if it were in a boy's case his mother's solicitude but he at all events was already behaired he at all events had already secretly given proof of his manhood to some one when he consents to wearing the flowing stole to dress his hair to cultivate his skin to consult the mirror to bedizen his neck effeminated even as to his ear by boring whereof his bust at sigium still retains the trace plainly afterwards he turned soldier for necessity restored him his sex the clarion had sounded of battle nor were his arms far to seek the steel's self says homer attracteth the hero else if after that incentive as well as before he had persevered in his maidenhood he might withal have been married behold accordingly mutation a monster i call him a double monster from man to woman by and by from woman to man whereas neither ought the truth to have been belied nor the deception confessed each fashion of changing was evil the one opposed to nature the other contrary to safety still more disgraceful was the case when lust transfigured a man in his dress than when some maternal dread did so and yet adoration is offered by you to me whom you ought to blush at that club-shaft and hide-bearer who exchanged for womanly attire the whole proud heritage of his name such license was granted to the secret haunts of lydia that hercules was prostituted in the person of omphali and omphali in that of hercules where were diomed and his gory mangers where busiris and his funereal altars where gurion triply one the club preferred still to reek with their brains when it was being pestered with unguents the now veteran stain of the hydras and of the centaur's blood upon the shafts was gradually eradicated by the pumice-stone familiar to the hairpin while voluptuousness insulted over the fact that after transfixing monsters they should perchance sew a coronet no sober woman even or heroine of any note would have adventured her shoulders beneath the hide of such a beast unless after long softening and smoothing down and deodorization which in omphali's house i hope was affected by balsam and fenugreek salve i suppose the main too submitted to the comb for fear of getting her tender neck imbued with lionly toughness the yawning mouth stuffed with hair the jaw teeth overshadowed amid the forelocks and the whole outraged visage would have roared had it been able nemea at all events if the spot has any presiding genius groaned for then she looked around and saw that she had lost her lion what sort of being the said hercules was in omphali's silk the description of omphali in hercules's hide has inferentially depicted but again he who had formerly rivalled the tyrinthian the pugilist cleomachus subsequently at olympus after losing by efflux his masculine sex by an incredible mutation 
bruised within his skin and without, worthy to be wreathed among the fullers even of Novius, and deservedly commemorated by the mammographer Lentulus in his Catanensians, did of course not only cover with bracelets the traces left by the bands of the cestus, but likewise supplanted the coarse ruggedness of his athlete's cloak with some superfinely wrought tissue. Of Fisco and Sardanapalus I must be silent, whom but for their eminence in lusts no one would recognize as kings but i must be silent for fear lest even they set up a murmuring concerning some of your caesars equally lost to shame for fear lest a mandate have been given to canine constancy to point out to a caesar impurer than fisco softer than sardanapalus and indeed a second nero nor less warmly does the force of vainglory also work for the mutation of clothing even while manhood is preserved every affection is a heat when however it is blown to the flame of affectation forthwith by the blaze of glory it is an ardour from this fuel therefore you see a great king inferior only to his glory seething he had conquered the median race and was conquered by median garb doffing the triumphal mail he degraded himself in the captive trousers the breast disculptured with scaly bosses by covering it with a transparent texture he bared panting still after the work of war and as it were softening he extinguished it with the ventilating silk not sufficiently swelling of spirit was the macedonian unless he had likewise found delight in a highly inflated garb only that philosophers withal i believe themselves affect somewhat of that kind for i hear that there has been such a thing as philosophizing in purple if a philosopher appears in purple why not in gilded slippers too for a tyrian to be shod in anything but gold is by no means consonant with greek habits some one will say well but there was another who wore silk indeed and shod himself in brazen sandals worthily indeed in order that at the bottom of his bacchantian raiment he might make some tinkling sound did he walk in cymbals but if at that moment diogenes had been barking from his tub he would not have trodden on him with muddy feet as the platonic couches testify but would have called empedocles down bodily to the secret recesses of the cloacini in order that he who had madly thought himself a celestial being might as a god salute first his sisters and afterwards men such garments therefore as alienate from nature and modesty let it be allowed to be just to eye fixedly and point at with the finger and exposed to ridicule by a nod just so if a man were to wear a dainty robe trailing on the ground with meander-like effeminacy he would here apply to himself that which the comedian says what sort of a cloak is that maniac wasting for now that the contracted brow of sensorial vigilance is long since smoothed down so far as reprehension is concerned promiscuous usage offers to our gaze freedmen in equestrian garb branded slaves in that of gentlemen the notoriously infamous in that of the freeborn clowns in that of city folk buffoons in that of lawyers rustics in regimentals the corpse-bearer the pimp the gladiator trainer clothe themselves as you do turn again to women you have to behold what Cecina severus pressed upon the grave attention of the senate matrons stoleless in public in fact the penalty inflicted by the decrees of the augur lentulus upon any matron who had thus cashiered herself was the same as for fornication inasmuch as certain matrons had sedulously promoted the disuse of garments which were the evidences and guardians of dignity as being impediments to the practising of prostitution 
but now in their self-prostitution in order that they may the more readily be approached they have abjured stole and chemists and bonnet and cap yes and even the very litters and sedans in which they used to be kept in privacy and secrecy even in public but while one extinguishes her proper adornments another blazes forth such as are not hers look at the street-walkers the shambles of popular lusts also at the female self-abusers with their sex and if it is better to withdraw your eyes from such shameful spectacles of publicly slaughtered chastity yet do but look with eyes askance and you will at once see them to be matrons and while the overseer of brothels airs her swelling silk and consoles her neck more impure than her haunt with necklaces and inserts in the armlets which even matrons themselves would of the guerdons bestowed upon brave men without hesitation have appropriated hands privy to all that is shameful while she fits on her impure leg the pure white or pink shoe why do you not stare at such garbs or again at those which falsely plead religion as the supporter of their novelty while for the sake of an all-white dress and the distinction of a fillet and the privileges of a helmet some are initiated into the mysteries of ceres while on account of an opposite hankering after sombre raiment and a gloomy woollen covering upon the head others run mad at bologna's temple while the attraction of surrounding themselves with a tunic more broadly striped with purple and casting over their shoulders a cloak of galatian scarlet commends satin to the affections of others when this mantle itself arranged with more rigorous care and sandals after the greek model served to flatter a scapulus how much more should you then accuse and assail it with your eyes as being guilty of superstition albeit superstition simple and unaffected certainly when first it clothes this wisdom which renounces superstition with all their vanities then most assuredly is the mantle above all the garments in which you array your gods and goddesses an august robe and above all the caps and tufts of your sally and flaminus a sacerdotal attire lower your eyes i advise you and reverence the garb on the one ground meantime without waiting for others of being a renouncer of your error still you say why must we thus change from gown to mantle why what if from diadem and sceptre did anacarsis change otherwise when to the royalty of scythia he preferred philosophy grant that there be no miraculous signs in proof of your transformation for the better there is somewhat which this your garb can do for to begin with the simplicity of its uptaking it needs no tedious arrangement accordingly there is no necessity for an artist formally to dispose its wrinkled folds from the beginning a day beforehand and then to reduce them to a more finished elegance and to assign to the guardianship of the stretchers the whole figment of the massed boss subsequently at daybreak first gathering up by the aid of a girdle the tunic which it were better to have woven of more moderate length in the first instance and again scrutinizing the boss and rearranging any disarrangement to make one part prominent on the left but making now an end of the folds to draw backwards from the shoulders the circuit of it whence the hollow is formed and leaving the right shoulder free heap it still upon the left with another similar set of folds reserved for the back and thus clothe the man with a burden in short i will persistently ask your conscience what is your first sensation in wearing your gown do you feel yourself clad or laded wearing a garment or carrying it if you shall answer negatively i will follow you home i will see what you hasten to do immediately after crossing your threshold 
there is really no garment the doffing whereof congratulates a man more than the gowns does of shoes we say nothing implements as they are of torture proper to the gown most uncleanly protection to the feet yes and false too for who would not find it expedient in cold and heat to stiffen with feet bare rather than in a shoe with feet bound a mighty munition for the tread have the venetian shoe factories provided in the shape of effeminate boots well but than the mantle nothing is more expedite even if it be double like that of crates nowhere is there a compulsory waste of time in dressing yourself in it seeing that its whole art consists in loosely covering that can be effected by a single circumjection and one in no case inelegant thus it wholly covers every part of the man at once the shoulder it either exposes or encloses in other respects it adheres to the shoulder it has no surrounding support it has no surrounding tie it has no anxiety as to the fidelity with which its folds keep their place easily it manages easily readjusts itself even in the doffing it is consigned to no cross until the morrow if any shirt is worn beneath it the torment of a girdle is superfluous if anything in the way of shoeing is worn it is a most cleanly work or else the feet are rather bare more manly at all events if bare than in shoes these pleas i advance for the mantle in the meantime in so far as you have defamed it by name now however it challenges you on the score of its function withal i it says owe no duty to the forum the election ground or the senate house i keep no obsequious vigil preoccupy no platforms hover about no praetorian residences i am not odorant of the canals am not adorant of the lattices am no constant wearer out of benches no wholesale router of laws no barking pleader no judge no soldier no king i have withdrawn from the populace my only business is with myself except that other care i have none save not to care the better life you would more enjoy in seclusion than in publicity but you will decry me as indolent forsooth we are to live for our country and empire and estate such used of old to be the sentiment none is born for another being destined to die for himself at all events when we come to the epicurei and xenones you give the epithet of sages to the whole teacherhood of quietude who have consecrated that quietude with the name of supreme and unique pleasure still to some extent it will be allowed even to me to confer benefit on the public from any and every boundary stone or altar it is my wont to prescribe medicines to morals medicines which will be more felicitous in conferring good health upon public affairs and states and empires than your works are indeed if i proceed to encounter you with naked foils gowns have done the commonwealth more hurt than curiouses moreover i flatter no vices i give quarter to no lethargy no slothful encrustation i apply the cauterizing iron to the ambition which led m tullius to buy a circular table of citron wood for more than four thousand pounds and asinius gallus to pay twice as much for an ordinary table of the same moorish wood him at what fortunes did they value woody dapplings or again sulla to frame dishes of a hundred pounds weight i fear lest that balance be small when a drusillianus and he withal a slave of claudius constructs a tray of the weight of five hundred pounds a tray indispensable perchance to the aforesaid tables for which if a workshop was erected there ought to have been erected a dining-room too
equally do i plunge the scalpel into the inhumanity which led vedius pollio to expose slaves to fill the bellies of sea-eels delighted forsooth with his novel savagery he kept land monsters toothless clawless hornless it was his pleasure to turn perforce into wild beasts his fish which of course were to be forthwith cooked that in their entrails he himself withal might taste some savour of the bodies of his own slaves i will forelop the gluttony which led hortensius the orator to be the first to have the heart to slay a peacock for the sake of food which led aufidius lorco to be the first to vitiate meat with stuffing and by the aid of forcemeats to raise them to an adulterous flavour which led asinius seller to purchase the viand of a single mullet at nearly fifty pounds which led Esopus the actor to preserve in his pantry a dish of the value of nearly eight hundred pounds made up of birds of the self-same costliness as the mullet aforesaid consisting of all the songsters and talkers which led his son after such a tidbit to have the hardihood to hunger after somewhat yet more sumptuous for he swallowed down pearls costly even on the ground of their name i suppose for fear he should have supped more beggarly than his father i am silent as to the neros and apici and rufi i will give a cathartic to the impurity of a scaurus and the gambling of a curious and the intemperance of an antony and remember that these out of the many whom i have named were men of the toga such as among the men of the pallium you would not easily find these purulencies of a state who will eliminate and exuperate save a bemantled speech with speech says my antagonist you have tried to persuade me a most sage medicament but albeit utterance be mute impeded by infancy or else checked with bashfulness for life is content with an even tongueless philosophy my very cut is eloquent a philosopher in fact is heard so long as he is seen my very sight puts vices to the blush who suffers not when he sees his own rival who can bear to gaze ocularly at him at whom mentally he cannot grand is the benefit conferred by the mantle at the thought whereof moral improbity absolutely blushes let philosophy now see to the question of her own profitableness for she is not the only associate whom i boast other scientific arts of public utility i boast from my store are clothed the first teacher of the forms of letters the first explainer of their sounds the first trainer of the rudiments of arithmetic the grammarian the rhetorician the sophist the medical man the poet the musical time-beater the astrologer and the bird-gazer all that is liberal in studies is covered by my four angles true but all these rank lower than roman knights well but your gladiatorial trainers and all their ignominious following are conducted into the arena in togas this no doubt will be the indignity implied in from gown to mantle well so speaks the mantle but i confer on it likewise a fellowship with a divine sect and discipline joy mantle and exult a better philosophy has now deigned to honour thee ever since thou hast begun to be a christian's vesture end of on the pallium by tertullian